The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Fritz. Welcome everybody to episode 32 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Hugs for Lugs. I am Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. This podcast can be heard on Russell Addict Radio, The Cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast across all common listening platforms. And today, I am reviewing Monday Night Raw from June 18th, 2001. The Undertaker's wife's stalker has revealed himself. Spike Dudley calls out Stone Cold Steve Austin, and we are on the road to the King of the Ring with two more qualifying matches. All that and more this week on Fretzelmania. Stay tuned, my friends. It's going to be a good one. On the SmackDown before this, we had a couple of big moments in my my wrestling-watching life, let's say. First off, we had the WWE debut of William Regal's new assistant, Tajiri. Me watching ECW previous to this, when they had the Friday Night on TNN time slot, I became very familiar with the Japanese buzzsaw and... He became a favorite of mine, especially when he was tagging with Mikey Whipwreck, who follows me on Twitter. <laughs> By the way, shout out to to Mikey there with uh, Father James Mitchell as this new church. Was that the new or was that TNA? Anyways, yeah, Tajiri and Mikey Whipwreck, I believe were former ECW tag team champions. Tajiri himself was also a television champion. And He's just straight up awesome. He he came out of Japan. I believe he did a little bit in Noah. I wouldn't be surprised if he did all Japan or New Japan, but Tajiri, my goodness. Uh, he debuted and almost kicked Crash Holly's head off. Another one here was something that once again popped up on the Stone Cold Steve Austin What DVD was the petition to end the triple threat match at the King of the Ring because it's not fair or something. And he approaches Spike Dudley and Molly Holly. It's like, hey, could you pass off this petition to your bimbo girlfriend here? I'm sorry, what did you just say? Yeah, uh, Molly, she's a bimbo. Haven't you heard? Well, I'm not gonna sign your petition and you can't talk about my girlfriend like that! Just crumbles it up, throws it in his face, and Stone Cold beats the poop out of, out of him. I am throwing everything on my desk all over the place thanks to <laughs> thanks to that bit. And in that show, Stone Cold just absolutely kills the both of them. And <laughs> Taz says, she's in the danger zone, Cole. And uh, coincidentally enough, when I went into work yesterday morning, first thing in the morning on the radio, I heard danger zone, which prompted both 
the meat manager, who used to be my neighbor and a very good friend of mine, and my boss, <laughs> to both text me at the same time saying, Danger Zone! That, of course, being from the amazing animated show Archer. And Top Gun, I know, Flame Shield's up, but come on, Danger Zone is one of the best bits on Archer. What up? It's June 18th, 2001, and we are live from the Ice Palace in Tampa, Florida, the then home of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are currently in the NHL Stanley Cup semifinal series against Kay and Ricky's beloved New York Islanders. And for once, I am cheering for the Islanders as well. I don't hate Tampa, but you guys won last year, and... Islanders fans, I forgive you for how you treated John Tavares upon his return to the island after signing with my beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. You know what? I don't blame you. A tag team title match is being teased between Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit versus the Dudley Boys later in the show, perhaps in the main event. And Raw starts off with the Dudley Boys theme playing. Oh, it's Spike and Molly. And Spike walks out to the ring here to call out Stone Cold Steve Austin. Paul Heyman calls Spike the bully of Dudleyville. His name is right there, although he wouldn't become Bully Ray for another 19 years. <laughs> And anyways, here, that, that's just weird, a little bit ironic. It's like, right, no, Alanis is not getting involved this week. And he says that I never thought that I'd be in the ring with the WWF champion. And you know what? I kind of like it. And uh, Heyman says something here that's straight out of Rocky uh, from Mickey, Rocky's trainer, saying that women weaken brains. Uh... Okay, Stone Cold Steve Austin answers Spike's call, and he comes out to the ring. Immediately, bam, asshole chants to Stone Cold. He says, I gotta give Spike credit. Nobody back there has ever called me out. Well, at least during his title run, I guess. You got guts, but Molly's still a bimbo, and Spike is just, take that back. Stone Cold, take that back. Molly slaps Stone Cold, and Austin just extends his hand. And boom, out of nowhere, when we think he's getting a handshake from Spike Dudley or something like that, he stunners Molly Holly. And backstage, the Dudley boys just basically stare at him. And then... The Dudley boys get pissed off at Spike for sticking up for his girlfriend. He says, you stuck up for what was right. You got a title shot. We've been here for two years. We've never gotten a WWE title shot. Oh, you're a little bit jealous here. And then Spike says that you guys are so full of crap. You don't care about us. Blah, blah, blah. We're getting a little bit of dissension in the ranks of the Dudley boys. I mean, no, they're completely already broken up 
because they will be on opposing sides at the King of the Ring. Speaking of the King of the Ring, we have a quarterfinal match, and the winner goes on to the quarter and semifinals. Wait, this is a quarterfinal match. The semifinals at the King of the Ring pay-per-view, which is the Sunday after this. Uh, my review of King of the Ring will not be up until probably the end of the month. I might get, I might try and get it out by next week, but I'm working six full days a week. Uh, the tourist season is here. The stay-at-home order is lifted. Patios are opening up. I had a taco at a picnic table on Saturday, and it was freaking glorious and delicious. Cazaro's Taco Bus in Sable Beach, Ontario. Solid. Recommend if you're ever up here visiting. Kurt Angle, the defending king of the ring from 2000, going up against Jeff Hardy. Okay, I'm sorry in advance. So we see a fan in the crowd here with a sign that says Kurt Angle's three eyes are impudent, ignorant, and idiot. I thought for a second the first eye was impotent, but the fact that that man said impudent shows me that he has one of Kurt Angle's actual three eyes, and that is intelligence. We see Jeff eating a whole whack of German suplexes, and Jeff Hardy does that awesome tightrope walk, diving lariat spot he does when he walks on the ringside barricade to knock over Kurt. There is an Olympic slam reversal into a, I think, a twist of fate attempt here. There is a swanton bomb, but Kurt Angle's foot is on the rope, and eventually he locks in the ankle lock, and Jeff Hardy has no choice but to tap out. Backstage, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Deborah are having a chat, and Deborah is attempting to comfort her husband. And, you know, Stone Cold says that he needs a friend. He needs help, someone who understands. And Deborah is kind of coaxing him and saying, like, duh, I'm right here. Not you, Deborah. You're my wife. You don't understand what being a champion's like. Um, Steve, I was a WWF women's champion, and all he does is laughs. What a jerk. What a misogynist asshole. This heel run from Steve. A lot of people thinking it's not faring well, or he's getting cheered too much, or it just fizzles out. No, he is being very good at being very hated. This heel turn, I think, fizzles out by the time the alliance comes into play, but man, we're a month away from that, and I can't wait. I can't wait till I get to review Invasion, the pay-per-view in July that wasn't fully loaded. I've been listening to the Apron Bumps podcast like uh, throughout his entire run of the Attitude Era, and that's one that he kind of ranked very low. Last week, he actually did a live stream of his 2001 pay-per-views ranked, and Invasion was quite near the bottom, and I kind of enjoyed it. It was a jumbled mess, but you know what? I'm thinking too far ahead here because we're still getting towards the king of the ring. William Regal and Tajiri are backstage, and Regal says that, hey, I'm I'm proud of you, Tajiri, and they have a chat, and then Spike Dudley barges in here. Uh, doesn't, doesn't anybody knock anymore? My goodness, matters. Spike Dudley wants a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin, but Regal says, I 
I can't, I can't do that to you. But how about you tag with Jericho and Benoit to go up against Austin and the Dudley boys? The tag team title match will take place on SmackDown. Spike's like, yeah, that's fine. And Steve Austin then comes in and says, you know, I need someone who listens to me, who's a good listener. Tajiri. And it's also because he's not speaking a lick of English here. And Stone Cold confides in Tajiri. We see an ad for Tough Enough. Yes, this series is actually starting in the next couple of weeks. And no, I am not reviewing it. I am not going back and watching all the Tough Enoughs because, quite frankly, I don't have the time. But I did make a note of all these names that were shown. You know, these are the Tough Enough names, and they had a bunch of people written down, like William, Chris, Nowinski, Chad, Maven, Daryl, Shadrick, Victoria, Jessica, Yesenia, Charbel, and... I saw a very, very young Josh Matthews. I believe Nydia was also on this Tough Enough, unless she's on the next one. I All these really blend together for me. And then backstage, it's Taz and Michael Cole. Taz is plugging Tough Enough here. There's a sneak preview coming up at WWF New York. Bob Holly comes in to cut a promo and says that, you know, I'm not a trainee that you can push around. Oh, how the turntables, Bob, because that's exactly what you're going to do on season two. Oh, boy. And then we have a match between Taz and Bob Holly coming up here later in the show. Hooray. Meanwhile, at WWF New York in I Am Not Booked Tonight, a kid plays one of those rip-off crane games and he loses. Ah, poor kid. However, that's gotta be Kane is <laughs> right behind him. He tries. He fails. Stand back, kid. Bam! Just smashes the window, takes out all the prizes, and just plops it right on the kid. <laughs> and he almost falls over so many freaking toys. And then... Oh, oh, wait, there's a bit here where Paul Heyman says, wait till Mayor Giuliani finds out about this. Huh. Uh, any New Yorkers listening to this, there's a name from the past. Uh, I only know him through memes and, <laughs> and the news. Yeah, Toronto has a famous mayor, and he is the brother of the man who is running our province right now. And although that man, the, the mayor, not the premier, unfortunately, is deceased... Uh, I'm not going to speak anything about that because um, I might get in doo-doo. And oh boy, we have a bit from the stalker. I'm going to reveal myself tonight. Everyone's going to know the truth. Or something like that. Oh man, that's going to go out with a bang, isn't it? It's Taz versus Bob Hardcore Holly here with a big <laughs> Tough Enough Season 2 preview here. The best dropkick in the business, Bob Holly, just belts Taz with one here. And we see that Tough Enough debuts this week in history in 2001. There is an Alabama Jam Shades of Bobby Eaton or the 
Tennessee leg jam, shades of the late Brian Christopher Grandmaster Sexay. Taz hits a Tazplex. Every suplex is a Tazplex when you're Taz. Bob Holly has a power slam here, and eventually Taz locks in the Taz mission, and Bob Holly is just another victim, and Bob Holly taps out to the Taz mission, or the Katahama. Help, help me out here, uh, ECW fans. Katahama J. Is that what Paul Paul Heyman called it? I, I'm sorry if I completely butchered that language here. And Austin is shown backstage can just ranting to Tajiri and something about not letting a woman run his life. Also alluding to Linda McMahon and Vince McMahon and the current divorce proceedings. Oh boy. Edge and Christian have a Canadian passive-aggressive apology. Being a Canadian, I can absolutely 100% confirm that we do this. We're polite to a point, because even Canadians have their limits. Trust me. And then Christian's like, you know, oh, since when did you invent the spear? Rhino's, I think, involved in this argument here, and Kurt Angle gets in gets into this. It's like, hey... I don't like you guys fighting. I mean, it's not like you have a chance because I'm repeating as King of the Ring this year. And the guys are just looking at him like, wait, what? It's like, I'm going to be the only two-time King of the Ring winner. Um, <clears throat> Wrestling historian here, Bret Hart is a two-time King of the Ring award winner. He won it in 1991 and he won it in 1993. <laughs> I hope someone got fired for that blunder. Speaking of the King of the Ring, here is the other quarterfinal match between Rhino and Tajiri, an ECW TV Championship rematch. I believe Rhino took the TV belt off of Tajiri, and then Rhino would go on to be the final television champion. I think that's how it went. I, I should go back and maybe watch some late-era ECW because their final pay-per-view, the Guilty as Charged 2001. Oh man, that was a trip. Tajiri with a nice Hearn Conrana and a mwah, chef's kiss. Acai moonsault to the outside back in the ring. Rhino with a double A spinebuster shades, of course, of the Enforcer. It is noted here that Rhino lost the hardcore championship thanks to a distraction from Stacy Keebler. I wonder who he lost it to. I think it was Test. It Test sounds like it's it's right here. An octopus hold. Shades of Antonio Inoki by Tajiri. The Tarantula gets a massive pop for the by the crowd here. The buzzsaw kick is denied. The gore is denied. And Tajiri goes for some kind of springboard backwards move. But as soon as he springboards, boom, he lands right into a gore and there we go William Regal is upset backstage just screaming at Tajiri he lost his second match and you're already getting pissed like, you besmirched me something about besmirching and all that okay and we hear the dead man's music rolling by Limp Biscuit, and of course it is not the Undertaker. It is the stalker here, all in a, a mask and a toque and a sunglasses to really conceal the fact that it's, well, 
He takes off his toque, his hood, and my God, it's Diamond Dallas Page. He gets a massive pop. The whole crowd throws up the Diamond Dallas Page signal. And according to Ready to Rumble, DDP upside down means, well, I'm not going to say that. Uh, he says to The Undertaker, you know, make me famous, all that kind of thing. It's like, like a diamond cutter, you never saw it coming. Why would I go after the dead man's wife? Hydrate yourself, folks. To make an impact, pun, <laughs> pun intended, you go after the biggest dog in the yard and you make it real personal. You find their weaknesses. This ring is your yard taker. We'll see. And you've never shown weakness until you brought your family into this. And you threatened to make Austin famous if he ever brought your wife into this. Oh, but Stone Cold is already famous. But me? I'm begging to take her. Make me famous. I think they set up something for, for King of the Ring. And DDP just exits through the crowd. And of all people... To be a stalker is Diamond Dallas Page, one of the biggest baby faces in all of WCW, for the exception of his heel run in the Jer Jersey Triad with Chris Canyon and Bam Bam Bigelow, God rest their souls. Uh, it's strange that they gave this to DDP and then he gets his ass handed to him, becomes a motivational speaker. I like the motivational speaker shtick. That was funny. This was just unsettling and kind of creepy. And it made me even uncomfortable back then because, well, if I can get a little personal here, I was dating a girl named Sarah. And it made me really weirded out I know she wasn't watching the product at the time because, you know, my girl, she loved wrestling. Maybe more than me. She had more wrestling tapes than I did. She even got me some for our, like, our anniversary, a dating anniversary or, like, a birthday or something. And, like, huh, yes, please. Uh, here, Here's this ring. Um, No, I was only 17. Uh, I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Because by this time in 2002, we were all ready, broken up. But we lasted a year, so it was it was really nice. King of the Ring. Perry Saturn versus Edge, the next quarterfinal match here. And Saturn is just carrying Terry to the ring, all carefree and just like someone would carry their wife through the threshold of their new house or how someone would just carry their child. And this is stemming from the continued brain damage and the continued head trauma and the brain scrambling, as Jarrah would say, that's really tasteful, that Perry Saturn had been getting as of late. There was this double date with Dean and his date. I thought he had a wife. Um. Anyways, this date, Dean was going with this young lady named... Sherry, Sherry, Terry, Perry, oh my god, I see what you're trying to do here. So Terry hits, tries to hit Sherry with like a uh, like a pan or something, and ducks, 
and hits parry. So Saturn has another headshot. You're welcome. The winner faces Rhino at King of the Ring. So either of these matches are going to be really good. Saturn was in WCW by the time Rhino got to ECW, so we didn't get to see one half of the Eliminators versus the Man Beast. Edge and Rhino are longtime friends, dating back to their days on those Canadian, uh, what do they call them, like de death trips or something? The Bollywood Boys did these similar trips through these remote locations in like northern Manitoba where you have to drive to a ferry or something and drive across a frozen lake. I, I I don't know. Read Edge's book or watch his like Decade of Decadence or some of his uh, network stuff as well. And if you can ever get your hands on it, uh, Sportsnet up here in Canada just did a special, like a little Canadian heritage uh, moment in sports. And it was about the Bollywood boys and <laughs> Man, their story is awesome. And they were also, was it on Talk is Jericho? Yeah, back when WWE wrestlers could go on Talk is Jericho, the Bollywood boys went on one there. And those two Canadians, yes, they are Canadian, just like gender. They're all from Calgary, I think. But anyways, great, <laughs> great stories here. And Saturn goes for the, the Dominator, but he does like a running power, reverse power slam into the corner. So Edge's stomach is just on the turnbuckle there there's a crossbody and a roll through and saturn does the greatest name in the history of professional wrestling finishers the moss covered three-handled family credenza but christian puts edge's foot on the rope and there was a little spot here where there's a miscommunication and perry saturn goes for the super kick on edge but edge ducks hits christian and then edge Hits the Impaler DDT, which would formerly uh, soon be known as the Education, and Edge wins this match. Uh, Edge need, desperately needed a new finisher if he was going to go into a singles run here because the downward spiral uh, simply wasn't working, or the move that I personally like to call the self rock bottom. Shout out to OSW Review for that one. Vince arrives in a Hawaiian shirt, br the Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, asks, how are you, Vince? And he's like, you know, I just went through the ringer with my divorce lawyers. Where is Austin? And this is a good spot here for an ad break. So when we come back, when I come back, Austin and Vince have a pep talk. Spike, Benoit, and Jericho versus the Dudley Boys and Stone Cold Steve Austin and a little bit more. Stay tuned, my friends. It's a good one. What's up, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio and host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And it must be Friday because right now you are listening to the Fretzelmania podcast exclusively here on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Now enjoy the rest of the show. My name is the Monday Night Delight, and my life has been pretty crazy. You see, I've been a wrestling fan since I was 10, and when I was 29, I started a wrestling show with my friend Mitchell called The Gift Podcast. You may have heard of it. It was great, but Mitchell met a girl that he thought was even greater, so he left the show when they got married, and I still love him. Anyway, I did the show by myself for a while, but that got hard, so I joined up with Rant with Ant and went to WrestleMania, where I met the Kings of the Rings, and that was awesome. Eventually, though, Rant with Ant went away, but Ant left us with WrestleMania Radio. Hooray! But then things got crazy in my life, and I decided to stop doing The Gift Podcast. 
For four months, I didn't do a show except when Goldberg won the Universal title from The Fiend. I mean, what was that all about? I was so mad and I had no outlet. It drove me crazy and I had to start a new show. The Delight Show. Every Wednesday, we talk about all elite wrestling, TNA, Impact Wrestling, pop culture, and if we really, really have to, the WWE. It's a fun time, and I'd love for you to join me every Wednesday on The Delight Show on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Bye! Welcome back to Fretzelmania. Not only is Monday Night Raw brought to you by Stacker 2, the JVC Gigatube, and Burger King, but this portion of the show is brought to you by our Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio, You get exclusive shows such as the 20 Bell Salute, King Ricky Rosé's Tales of an Epic Nature, The Secret Files with Mr. YLP, Wrestle Wars with Willie T, although that not has been updated in a while. Thank you very much, Peacock. You also get 15% off of our merch on Spring. Links are in the description below and also links to our pride merch which is for the month of june we are once again partnering with the trevor project a crisis prevention counseling service for lgbt youth 25 and under this is the second year in a row that we have partnered with the trevor project 100 percent of the proceeds for our Lovely rainbow logo merch that is myself. You get a Fretzelmania one. You get a Mr. Fretz one for the first time. You get King Ricky Rose, Willie T, the K Murphy. You get Mr. YLP himself. And you get the Delight Show with Good Brother Mance. All of us on Wrestle Addict Radio. And if you want some of our regular merch, it is in the description as well, where you get tank tops and t-shirts it is beach season i live on a beach y'all want to show off those guns well there you go hoodies as if you're going to really need them maybe if you're having a nice campfire it's nighttime it's cooled off like it has tonight because the heat in southern ontario has been pretty gnarly but i'll take this over snow any day of the week face masks Unfortunately, we still have to wear them around here. I know some of y'all in the States have lifted your mandates, and I am super freaking jealous of you. Uh, There's coffee mugs and beach towels and even a blanket. So if you want to sleep with Mr. Fretz, I mean, (laughs) a Mr. Fretz blanket ain't no one ever sleeping with Mr. Fretz. Hashtag forever alone. (laughs) It's all there, folks. It's in the tea spring store now monday night raw yes i just said it's brought to you by stacker 2 jvc and burger king we have a match between matt hardy and albert for the european championship on smackdown we see a a bit here where albert gorilla presses kane over his head in a little bit of foreshadowing here because i do believe that we have an intercontinental championship match coming up there's a lot of alita chance here there's a lot of power spots here albert is just getting the complete upper hand on matt hardy and he chokes out matt hardy gets disqualified and matt hardy retains eventually matt hardy wakes up lita gets grabbed by the by the big man here and he gets a twist of fate for his troubles, but X Factors, X Pac, and just incredible X Pac wearing 
nothing but coveralls, so I guess he is auditioning to be in the new Godwins. They double super kick the Hardy Boys. Jeff comes out to make the save. Uh, nope. There is a leader Karani here, though, that breaks out all into a schmoz here, and X-Factor gets a beat down and stands tall. Austin and Vince have a chat backstage, and Austin's like, <laughs> Austin's saying that, are you well? Uh, are you focused? No, Vince is saying to Steve, are, are you well? Are, are you focused? I'm good, Vince. Or, no, they're they're chatting about something here. I, I forget who said what. Man, this is great audio content. And Vince is like, I had a chill up my spine from that hug you gave me. Because I looked at it back, and that look you had on your face. What were you thinking? Was it a petition? Was it something else? And then Steve Austin's just like, Pick me or pick your wife. It's an ultimatum, Vince. What? Man, Steve is just becoming more and more deranged as this title run goes. And as coincidentally Vince's divorce proceedings go. Spike, Benoit, and Jericho have a pep talk backstage, and they're all like, we didn't help you. This is about the WWE title. And then Benoit says, you know why? Because I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin, Chris Jericho. Lighten up, Junior. So they're trying to take the edge off of Spike here just a little bit, I guess. Rhino, Edge, and Christian are backstage, and it's like, oh, yeah, now I got the big show. So Christian's all being the petulant, jealous little bitch brother. And it's like, oh man, now I got the big show, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, you got Rhino and Edge. Perry Saturn eats mustard on crayons. And <laughs> that, that was a funny line, by the way. Anyways, here, the last King of the Ring qualifying spot, the last quarterfinal spot, I should say, is between the big show and Christian. This is a one-sided affair. That is all big show here. Edge tries to interfere but to no avail. There's a spot where Big Show is on the outside of the ring with Christian, presses him over his head, lands him back in the ring, and Kurt Angle came out on commentary for this match here, and Big Show shoves Kurt, and yeah, he doesn't like that very much. A schmoz breaks out here, a referee spot happens, and Edge and Christian land the concerto on the Big Show, Christian wins and goes on to face Kurt Angle in the semifinals of the King of the Ring at the King of the Ring pay-per-view. Spike, Benoit, and Jericho versus the Dudley Boys and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the main event. Spike, he needs some new music here because this is really confusing. You hear the It's Coming Down by, by I believe it was Saliva, and it's Spike coming out. It's like at WrestleMania 17 when both Vince and Shane came out to no chance and we didn't even know who to cheer for. But then again, you saw Shane's face on the Tron and it was clearly Shane coming to the ring. Anyways, yeah, it just gets really confusing. Spike does eventually get the old school Dudley Boys theme. I think it's called like Ollie Stalefish or 
something like that, the da 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 da, something like that, when he goes off on his own eventually, but it takes a little bit of time here. This match just breaks out into a giant schmoz. Everyone's like brawling or going through tables or something. Benoit Germans a whole a whole bunch, a whole bunch of German suplexes here. And there's a spot here near the end of the match where Spike Dudley goes for the acid drop on Stone Cold Steve Austin. But instead, Austin yeets him over the top rope. Spike goes right through the table. Holy crap. And there's a spot here, the end of the match, finally, after all the schmas, after the Dudley boys and Spike have a brawl, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is left in the ring with his two opponents at King of the Ring, Stone Cold taps out to not the walls of Jericho, not the Crip of the Crossface, but both moves at the same time. I'll call it, I guess, the Crippling Walls. If you can come up with a better <laughs> name for this here, please hit me up in the Patreon chat. Send me a DM on Twitter. No naughty pics, please. Uh, if you have me on Facebook, even, which, you know, I... I I'm trying to phase out Facebook, if I can be completely honest with you, because it's a effing cesspool on that platform. But yeah, hit me up somehow if you have a better name for this dual submission hold. Stone Cold Taps. He doesn't pass out in a pile of his own blood like with Bret Hart. He is the cowardly heel, and he taps out. But of course, it's both submission finishers in at the same time. So anybody is going to tap out from this. I mean, nah, maybe maybe not Taker. Maybe American Badass Taker. Lame Taker, but not no Dead Man Taker ain't tapping out to this shiz. And that's going to be it for this episode. But first, what do I remember from this episode of Raw? That, of course, is Diamond Dallas Page revealing himself to be Sarah's stalker. That man got a death wish, and at King of the Ring, he's he's gonna get it. What I forgot, I actually forgot about the double the double submission. I knew that it was coming. I thought that actually Jericho and Benoit used it as a finisher against like let's say X Factor or something like that, but I haven't seen it. Up until now. And I didn't realize that Steve actually tapped out from it. In a tag team match. Because they break it out at the. At the King of the Ring match. And the referees just. Nah. No no no. No dusty finishes here. This ain't WCW. This is going to be a straight up finish. So y'all just stop doing this now. What would I change. About this Raw. One thing I'd change. Is actually. The DDP reveal. I'd have saved it for pay-per-view. Maybe the pay-per-view would have went a little bit longer. Or it would have cut the time out of some matches. But to get a few buys, I'd have been like, Hey, you want to find out who the Undertaker's wife's stalker is? You're going to have to tune into pay-per-view this Sunday. And whoever it is, they're going to get the ass kicked. By the dead man. Believe that. Now, as I said, it just could have been time constraints or something. Or maybe you generate more interest with 
the reveal being on Raw, there'll be a lot more eyes on the product, a lot more eyes on Monday Night Raw than there will be for for pay-per-view. But still, I thought it would have been neat to have it then, and then you tune into Raw the night after, be like, oh, F, I missed this. I'm going to go order the pay-per-view replay on Tuesday. Yeah, back when they did that, instead of immediately going up on streaming sites or... <laughs> you know, on the network. But yeah, that that was a pretty fun episode of Raw. You know, King of the Ring is the following Sunday. I can't promise that I'm going to have a review of it up by next Sunday. Uh, Tuesday's my only day off, and honestly, I'm not going to watch much wrestling on there. Maybe NXT, but we shall wait and see. It was a busy weekend as well. My, my niece turned five, so happy birthday to... My niece, I uh, can't believe how fast she's growing up. I just gave her her, her birthday present. She got some Barbies because she loves those Barbies. And I'll probably end up playing Barbies with her at some point. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Be sure to catch all of us on Wrestle Addict Radio. Follow us on our social media at addict underscore wrestle. Listen to the rest of our shows that is the Delight Show. That is the Kings of the Rings podcast and the Young Lions Perspective. Catch us on Patreon. Five bucks a month, exclusive shows, discounts on merch, and a great group chat with some really great people. Buy our merch. We have Pride merch out for the month of June. Goes to the Trevor Project. And we have regular merch as well. Have a great week, folks, and we will see you soon.